Please take your Bibles, and if you'll turn with me to the Gospel of Luke this morning, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. We're going to be looking at the passage of Jesus and the ten lepers this morning. We're in between sermon series, and we just celebrated Thanksgiving. I thought this would be a good day uh, for us to uh, focus and reflect on giving thanks. And, uh, you know, the Bible is full of passages related to giving thanks. We find examples in Scripture of people giving thanks to God and each other. Uh, We find instructions in God's Word uh, to give thanks and to give thanks always. Uh, We also find rebukes in God's Word for, for those who fail to give thanks. And today's passage has a little bit of everything. It's got it all. We, we have the example of the, the, the one leper who returned to give thanks. We have the uh, implied instruction that we should be thankful. We have the implied rebuke uh, upon those who failed uh, to return and give thanks. And uh, so uh, just a beautiful passage this morning, real simple message, uh, but one that we all need to uh, reflect on and hear today. So we're in Luke chapter 17. Will you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? Beginning at verse 11, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Well, dear God, as we uh, look into this passage from your holy scriptures, uh, Lord, you have a message for each of us today. And so, Holy Spirit, we just pause and ask and open our hearts to you and say, speak to us, Lord. Speak to each one of us the, the specific thing that we need to hear today, the specific application that we need to make in our lives, uh, that we, we may leave uh, changed persons, ever growing more like Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I'd like to start the message today with a question. I often like to start with a question just to get us, get our minds rolling and and moving together. What if you only had today the things that you thanked God for yesterday? Say that again. What if you only had today the things that you thanked God for yesterday? What would you have? Would you still have your home? Your job? Your health? Your family? Your salvation? What would you have if you only had today the things that you thanked God for yesterday? Now, 
thankfully, okay, thankfully it doesn't work that way, right? God is so good to us. God is so loving. God is so merciful. Uh, He does not take away those blessings that we forget to thank him for. But that does not excuse our lack of thankfulness. So today's passage presents us with this real-life incident uh, from Jesus' life, these 10 lepers uh, who came to Jesus for healing, and and, and their response or their lack of response to that healing teaches us so much about the importance of giving thanks and the place that giving thanks should have in our lives. There's an outline in your worship guide if you'd like to take it out. Like I said, simple message, simple outline, just four little headings. But there's some blank spaces there where you might want to jot down some things that God speaks to you during the message. And we begin with the leper's request, the leper's request for healing. We find this in the opening verses, verses 11 through 13. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, but when you look at the wider context of the whole Gospel of Luke, it's clear that Jesus is not only heading to Jerusalem, but he is on his way to the cross. This journey began way back in Luke chapter 9. There Luke told us that as the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, that Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus set his face for Jerusalem. Nothing was going to deter him on the way. And Luke makes it very clear from this point on, Luke chapter 9 on, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem with full knowledge of all that awaits him there. His suffering, his crucifixion, his death, burial, and resurrection. So yes, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, but he knows what awaits him there. And at this particular point in the journey, he's traveling along the border, okay, between Samaria and Galilee. Notice Luke names Samaria first. That's unusual because Samaria was of the Samaritans. Galilee uh, was of the Jews. And, you know, Samaritan's going to, uh, Samaria, a Samaritan from Samaria is going to play a very important part in this story to come. It's interesting, Luke is the only gospel writer that tells this particular story about the Samaritan leper who returned. He's also the only one who tells the story of the good Samaritan uh, in the gospel of Luke as well. So uh, Luke obviously has a heart for the Samaritans. And as Jesus travels along the border, uh, these 10 men with leprosy meet him. And the word that's translated leprosy here in uh, in the text, it's a word that was actually used for a variety of of skin conditions, skin diseases. And so this may or may not have been the the disease we know as leprosy today. But either way, this was an infectious skin disease. And the disease of leprosy or any infectious skin disease, that caused a person to be isolated. The Old Testament law made it clear anyone with an infectious skin disease had to isolate themselves from the main community. And God gave this command to his people, not only for health reasons. I mean, it was very important. If you've got an infectious disease, you stay away, right? But not only for the health reasons, but as we learn later, this was also meant to be a picture for us, a picture of sin. Similar to leprosy in the physical world, sin isolates us from God in the spiritual world. And just as physical leprosy makes you physically unclean, sin makes us spiritually unclean. 
We also know from the Old Testament that lepers often lived or traveled in groups together. And so we have, we have these 10 lepers. They're all traveling around together. They're in a group. And we, we won't find out more till the end of the story that this particular group was com- composed of nine Jews and one Samaritan. And this is significant because you may know this already. The Jews and the Samaritans, they hated each other. They didn't want anything to do with each other. They would never travel around in the same group together. But you know the old saying, right? Misery loves company, right? And common suffering often overcomes all of those other barriers. Luke tells us that they stood at a distance and they called out to Jesus in a loud voice. They stand at a distance because they are required to do so by law. They cry out in a loud voice because they're desperate. Right? This may be their only one chance to interact with Jesus. And they do not want to miss out. May we never miss out on any opportunity to come to Jesus. They've obviously heard about Jesus and his power to heal. Uh, they may even have heard how he's healed other lepers. So that would have given them hope and confidence, right? By the way, Jesus healing people of leprosy in the New Testament, this was almost completely unprecedented. Even in the Old Testament, only two people are on record, only two people on record of ever being healed of leprosy. You have Moses' sister Miriam. She was healed directly by God in answer to prayer. And then you have the Syrian commander, Naaman, interesting, non-Jew, Syrian, another foreigner, the Syrian commander, Naaman, who was healed uh, after he humbly sought help from the God of Israel. Back to the ten lepers. Notice how they address Jesus. They address him as master. They recognize his authority over them. They recognize that he is the master of their fates. If anyone is going to heal them of their leprosy, It's only Jesus. It's always only Jesus. Notice they appeal to Jesus' compassion. What do they cry out? Master, have pity on us. Have pity on us. They must have heard not just stories about Jesus' power, uh, his power to heal, but also of his compassion, his kindness, his tenderness, his gentleness with people. Notice they don't try to bargain or negotiate. They don't put out a list. Jesus, heal us. Uh, here, here's all the good things I've done lately, right? You know, they, they don't do any of that. They simply appeal to Jesus' mercy and compassion. So, so far, so good, right? They're coming to the right person for healing, and they are coming with the right attitude. Everything is right on target so far. So what happens next? Well, what happens next is what we This is what we all want to happen when we call out to Jesus. God answers their prayer. Isn't that what you want? You cry out to Jesus. You know, I have this need. You cry out and and you want God to answer your prayer. That's what happens. Look at verse 14. When Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, notice Jesus didn't answer their prayer right away, right? Right? What did he do? First, he tells them, go, show yourselves to the priests. This was something required by Old Testament law. Before the person 
with an infectious disease could be reintegrated into society, they first had to go to the priest. The priest would declare them clean. They would offer sacrifices. They would undergo various rituals. What's interesting here is, though, that Jesus tells them to go to the priest when? Before he heals them, right? Before he heals them. There are only two specific healings of people with leprosy recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, This one right here in Luke 17, the other one, we're not going to turn there right now, but you can look at it later in Luke chapter 5. In that healing back in Luke chapter 5, what happens there is Jesus heals the leper first and then tells him to go to the priest. Well, that makes sense. You can't go to the priest unless you're healed. Heals him first, then sends him to the priest. Here in Luke 17, Jesus tells him, go to the priest before he heals them. Instead of healing them, Jesus gives them a command. Notice he doesn't even promise them that they're going to be healed. He says, just go show yourselves to the priest. He doesn't say, if you do that, I'll heal you. He just says, do this, do this. He just commands, go. You might wonder, well, why is that? Why, why is Jesus doing this differently in, in chapter 17 than he did back in chapter 5? And there's a number of possible reasons. Perhaps Jesus is testing their use of the word Master. Do they really view Jesus as master? Perhaps Jesus is testing their faith. That's going to take some faith, isn't it, to go to the priest when you've still got leprosy, right? That's going to take some faith. Notice also that Jesus doesn't say, go show yourself to the priest, singular. He says, go show yourselves to the priests, plural. And that's because the Samaritans and the Jews would have had different priests, and so they probably went off in different, different directions. Luke goes on to tell us, he says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. This is remarkable. Jesus heals them from a distance, showing his absolute power over all sickness and disease. But it makes you wonder, what would have happened if they hadn't gone? You know, what if they didn't go? What if they had only called Jesus master, but they did not obey him as master? The Bible doesn't tell us, but I I, I think we can probably guess that they probably would not have been healed if they had not gone in faith and obedience to Jesus' command. How about you this morning? Do you call Jesus master? More importantly, do you obey Jesus as master? And it was in this act of responding to Jesus that they were cleansed. Once again, this would have taken some faith uh, to start out uh, heading to the priest, still covered with leprosy. Yeah, you, we sometimes wonder, how long do you think they traveled, right, before they were healed? We're not told. Was it like one step? It's like, whoa, we're healed. Probably not. There's probably a little distance. Was it one step remaining? That would have taken a lot of faith. Like, ah, it's, oh, now I'm healed. Or it's probably some part way along the way. We don't know. It doesn't tell us. But this healing is very similar to one of those healings in the Old Testament. Remember Naaman, the Syrian commander? Naaman also was not healed immediately. He also had to exercise faith. By obeying a command, for him it was to go to wash in the Jordan River seven times. 
So we can learn so much from these verses already, right? We see the importance of faith and action. Faith always, true faith is always going to result in action. They go together. We see the importance of obedience, of obedience to Jesus as master. We see Jesus' power to heal even from a distance. But you know what? We haven't even gotten to the main point of the story yet. That's still to come. So let's uh, move on, verses 15 and 16. Here we see the Samaritan's response to his healing. We see how he responded to his healing. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. So Luke tells us one. One of them came back, praising God in a loud voice. Remember at the beginning of the story how all ten lepers had called out to Jesus in a loud voice for healing, right? They all called out in a loud voice. Now this one leper who returned praises God in a loud voice. And it raises a good question for us. Do we praise God as loudly and passionately when he answers our prayers as we do when we first call out to him for help? It's a good question. And this one leper who who returned, he throws himself at Jesus' feet. He's so overcome with emotion. Once again, it's interesting to compare uh, this story with the one back in Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, that leper kneels before Jesus before he is healed. Here in chapter 17, the leper does so after he is healed. The first leper kneels before Jesus in petitionary prayer, asking God to heal him. The second leper kneels before Jesus in thanksgiving. What do we learn from this? It is always appropriate to kneel before Jesus, both when you are bringing your prayers to him and when you are thanking him afterwards. And now Luke tells us the detail that he's been holding back the whole story. Real important deal. He's been holding back on it that this one leper who returned was a Samaritan. Now, he's been giving us little hints. He's been dropping little clues along the way throughout the story, right? Where was Jesus traveling? Along the border between Samaria and Galilee. What did Jesus tell them to do? Go, go to the priests, plural, right? Jews and Samaritans are different priests. But this is the first time Luke just comes right out and says it, tells us directly, the one leper who returned, he was a Samaritan. And once again, this would have been a shocking detail to any Jew hearing this story or reading this story for the first time. So we've looked at the request for healing. We've looked at the answered prayer. We've looked at the Samaritan's response to his healing. And now it's time to look at Jesus' response. How did Jesus respond to all of this that happened? Look at verses 17 and 18 with me. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And so Jesus asks three questions. Three questions in response. First question, were not all ten cleansed? Answer is yes. Luke tells us that. As they went, they were all cleansed. Yes. Question number two. Where are the other nine? Where are they? The implication is that they should be right here. They should be right here at Jesus' feet, returning thanks to him who healed them. 
Apparently, they went to the priests at the temple. I'm sure they did that because that, they needed to do that to be able to go back to their families. But they didn't come back to the one who had graciously answered their prayer. Or we could put it this way. Ten lepers were healed. Nine went to church. One went to Jesus. And then Jesus' third question was, no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And the word foreigner here, it's a word that refers to non-Jews. In fact, this, this is the word, uh, the actual word that was used on the keep out signs in the temple. It was posted on the inner barrier in the temple where the non-Jews were not allowed. Foreigners, keep out. And so the irony here is that the one leper, okay, who was not allowed to worship at the temple, he is the one who has returned to give thanks and praise to God. Notice also Jesus' use of this word found. He says, was there no one found to return and give thanks except this foreigner? Later on in his gospel, Luke will tell us that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so it is significant that Jesus speaks of the Samaritan leper here as being found. And the implication, of course, is that the other nine lepers were not found. Healed, but not found. Finally, we read in verse 19, Then Jesus said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Literally, it says there, Your faith has saved you. All ten lepers were cleansed in response to faith. But it would seem Jesus means something deeper here, something that only happened to the Samaritan leper. The Samaritan leper experienced not just healing faith, He experienced saving faith. Not just physical healing, but spiritual healing, which is far more important. Physical healing is a temporary blessing in this life. Spiritual healing, forgiveness, salvation is for all of eternity. So going back to our original question today. What if you only had today the things that you thanked God for yesterday. Take a moment. What did you thank God for yesterday? What did you forget to thank God for yesterday? What would you have? Ten lepers were cleansed. Only one returned to thank Jesus. And he was a Samaritan. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was Lost. We sing that song, I once was lost, but now I'm found. The Samaritan who returned to give thanks, Jesus said, this man has been found. He was not only healed physically, but spiritually. God is good. Christ has come. If your faith is in Jesus, if you've gone to Jesus in faith, you are healed for all of eternity. May we... Thank God for his blessings as loudly and passionately as we do when we call out to him for help. And let us be a thankful people. Let us give thanks to God, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Let us pray.
Dear Lord, we thank you for this passage. This is a simple story, but it holds so much meaning for us, Lord. Lord, we're sorry for the times we take your blessings for granted. Lord, help us each day to wake up and just, just start thinking and listing the things that you've given us and giving you thanks. At the end of the day, when the sun goes down, the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Let us give you thanks for all that you've done for us that day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your power, your compassion, and your mercy. And we thank you for the salvation that you give us in Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray. Amen.